0: Season 2, Episode 23, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Mark, Chapter 1, Verses 7 and 8, and Matthew, Chapter 3, Verses 11 and 12, and Luke, Chapter 3, Verses 15 and 18. All right, so uh, this is uh, the ministry. The climax of the ministry of John the Baptist at the Jordan River, where he's been for six months, fulfilling the prophecies of Malachi 3:1 and Isaiah chapter 40 verses 3 through 5. And so, I'm going to kind of go back to uh, episode 21 and look at the prophecies. Then I'm going to go. Then I'm going to read the uh, the words of John the Baptist in episode 22 and then I'm going to start chapter 23, which is really the conclusion. And through all of this until episode 24, when Jesus comes down to be baptized, which is literally the very next verse. I mean, it's just the only thing that separates it is a period in, in, in the gospels. And so I think it's all happening at the same time. That's why I call it the climax. All these people are there. Um, and the reason they're there is, is these prophecies like Malachi 3.1. Malachi 3 1 Malachi 3 1 Malachi 3 1 if you'd like to look it up and read along with me. It's Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. Behold The Lord Jehovah speaks Behold I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me Jesus and I and my father are one you figure out the Trinity. Let me know We're a Trinity. I don't have that figured out, but anyway and the Lord we're body soul and spirit and so is God and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple and he shall prepare the way before me and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple so Jesus and God are one just like Jesus said in John 10 28, 29 30 31 Um, I and my father one even the messenger of the covenant that's John the Baptist the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in behold he shall come saith the Lord of hosts could that be the could that be Moses as well or or could this be Elijah Uh, it was prophesied that Elijah would come and Jesus questioned about that, and he said if if Israel would have received me as king, John the Baptist would have filled that role. So also in Isaiah 43 and 5, 3 through 5, this is why all the priests were there. These prophecies are being fulfilled down at the Jordan River, uh, I, it, just something that everybody's got to come and see, Whereas my brother-in-law told me, when you go to Miami, catch on fire people will just come to watch you burn John the Baptist is on fire the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness which down by the Jordan River is pretty much wilderness look at a map Uh, well maybe not today because they well I don't know if they get that far but uh, anyway prepare ye the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God that's who's coming our God is coming in the person of Jesus Christ Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain shall, and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough places plain. That's going to eventually happen when he comes back and rules and reigns for the millennium. But we got to get through the tribulation. And I don't know when that's coming. Right now we're in the church age. So I'm praying for opportunities to share my faith. Boldness in sharing my faith. I'm not praying for the rapture to come. Uh, that will come when the Lord sees fit. I think he says when when it's been preached everywhere, when the gospel's been preached everywhere. But he's patient. And everybody will have a chance. This might be your chance if you're listening to this and you're not a believer. This is We're playing for all the marbles. This is, this is life and death. This is eternal life and eternal separation from God in a place of hell fire. So pick a side. Verse 5, Isaiah 40, verse 5. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, and the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Okay, so let me uh, move down here to read the verses. These are the words of John the Baptist, and I think this is at the end of his sixth month when all of Judea has come out to see him. Um that was, that was back up here. And there went out to him uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 5. Mark chapter 1, verse 5. Mark chapter 1, verse 5. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair, The girdle of skin about his loins and he did eat locust and honey for six months and we're right at. and this is what he said I think at the end of that time I think the same day he says this in my opinion uh, Jesus comes down the hill to be baptized and when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees this is uh, Matthew chapter 3 verse 7 through 10 Matthew chapter 3 verse 7 through 10 Matthew chapter 3 verse 7 through 10 And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism that's this is John's John's baptism he John said unto the Pharisees and Sadducees O generation of vipers who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come bring forth therefore fruits meet or worthy of repentance and think not that i Think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God is able to make stones, make of these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Or as we used to say in our youth group, uh, being born in a garage doesn't make you a car, or being born at McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Anyway, being born a child of Abraham doesn't make you a child of Abraham. Okay, we're child of Abraham by faith. I was just looking at that this morning, Genesis uh, twelve three, and uh, look up Genesis twelve three if you got a minute, some other time I guess. Genesis twelve three, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Speaking to Abraham. Genesis twelve three. And I will bless them. God is giving him his blessing. The blessing that affects you and me. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. In thee, sh- in thee, Abraham, shall all families of the earth be blessed. I'm, I'm a child of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. More so than than people that are in the family tree of Abraham. I'm in the spiritual family tree of Abraham. Being born in a garage doesn't make you a car. Being, you know, being born to a, a faithful family doesn't make you faithful. Verse ten. And now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees. This is John the Baptist right before he baptizes Christ. Therefore, every tree that bringeth forth bringeth forth bringeth not forth good fruit shall be hewed down and cast into the fire. Again, we're playing for keeps here. uh Luke chapter 3, 7 through 14. John the Baptist goes on to say, And John said to the multitude, there's a crowd here, that came forth to be baptized of him on this day. I think the same day that Jesus is baptized in just a moment. Well, it's going to be episode 24, but Lord willing. O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee? This is just another look at the same thing uh, in Luke. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance. There's the word worthy instead of meat, if you don't like the word meat. It's kind of archaic. but And worthy is a modern word. And begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Children of Abraham, children of God. To them give ye the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 1, 9. And now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit, fruit of repentance, is there enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian, is hewn down and cast unto the fire. And the people asked him, What shall we do then? Let's take a look at what Jesus said in John six twenty eight, when they said unto him, John six twenty eight. John six twenty eight, John six twenty eight and twenty nine. Then said they unto Jesus, What shall we do that we might do the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on Him whom He hath sent? If you do that, there'll be plenty of fruit of repentance. Uh, I, I, I think there will be. But if there's not, if you don't do any good works at all, you'll still be saved, yet so as by fire. Corinthians, wood, hay, and stubble, take a look at it. Google wood, hay, and stubble, and it'll take you to that great story of of a guy's works tested. He has no good works at all, but yet he's saved, yet so as by fire. All right, so um, let's take a look at this. Okay, Um, almost done with the review here. Uh, um, so they said, what shall we do? And John the Baptist, in verse 11, of Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, verse 11, Luke chapter 3, verse 11, Luke chapter 3, verse 11, he answereth and saith unto them, he that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none, and he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Now, if you're going to turn this into works for salvation, you better take a look at John 3.36. This is the gospel according to John the Baptist. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Now, hopefully, you will have some of these works. You know, So hopefully, you will uh, reach out to people. I reach out to... My number one goal is to talk to them about the Lord. And if I can do that by offering somebody a dollar at an intersection and and i got time to talk to him i will i'll take advantage of that opportunity i pray for opportunities i don't pray for the rapture i pray for opportunities to share my faith just like paul did in ephesians 6 doors of utterance he might boldly speak he that hath meat let him do likewise or food then came also the publicans to be baptized and said unto him master what shall we do and he said unto them, Exact no more than is appointed unto you. Again, this is Christianity 101. This is what you ought to do if you're believers. I, I think these guys are believers. They're not, They're not. Um, what do you call them, vipers? Uh, the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, What shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with the wages. What's about to happen is jesus is about to come down and john the baptist is going to realize for the first time that or know who the messiah is it's his second cousin his mary and elizabeth were first were cousins i assume they were first cousins if not then they're third fourth i guess we're all cousins eventually the the human race it's known as um all right so again if you're confused on the gospel of john John the Baptist, here it is. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. It's called hell. And you say, well, my, I won't believe in a God that could make a hell. Uh, hell is the absence of God, first of all. Spiritual death. First death is separation from your body. Second death is separation from God. Born once, die twice. Born, Born again, die once physical death, which is not a big deal. Spiritual death, eternal separation from God, big deal. I think when you die physically, you are separated from your body until the, the resurrection. When the dead in Christ shall rise, that's them in heaven that don't need a body because God's a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and the truth. They get their body back. Whenever they inter- need to interface with humans or be here on earth and rule and reign with Christ on the earth, whatever, they need physical bodies, I guess. Anyway, and they're going to get get one, and it came up in my Sunday—not my Sunday school class, but the Sunday school I attend—and it came up, you know, are we are we going to be able to recognize each other in heaven? And I've thought about it a lot, and uh, and uh, I think we will. I mean, the, in hell, the the rich man said, "I have five brothers. I'll send Lazarus back to him, Abraham, to talk to them. I don't want them to come to this place of torment." and Abraham said they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe the one come back from the dead. All right, so we're ready to take a look at episode 23, which I haven't been naming the parts, but I'm going to start doing that. This is uh, uh, part five, uh, continued, the ministry, uh, the Baptist ministry. And really, to me, it's the climax of the ministry and also pretty much the conclusion. Uh, He baptizes Jesus in the very next verses. And uh, he must increase and I must decrease. So I think his baptizing along the Jordan has uh, will be curtailed here. A Harmony of the Gospels for the Students of the Life of Christ. This is Season 2, Episode 23, based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for the Students of the Life of Christ. Copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield the schofield reference bible copyright nineteen o nine I have a copy of it right here uh wide margin i like it it's a nice big bible and it's got it's got a, it's really got a uh, harmony of the gospel in there just not as convenient as a as an outline that uh a t Robertson has especially since it's been digitized on easy to cut and paste anyway um I also use the eSword app and the biblehub.com is my commentary of choice. Mm -hmm. Episode 23, the forerunner's picture of the Messiah before seeing him. So this is where I said that I agree with A.T. Robertson that he, and and I think I had this thought, I've had this thought for a long time, but uh, that, that John the Baptist really didn't know who the Messiah was until he sees the dove descending on his cousin, and I assume Mary and Elizabeth were close during those 30 years. I mean, every time they go to Jerusalem, they probably see each other, which they always went for the Passover. Uh, so that's 30 years of, of meeting in Jerusalem. She just lived about nine miles south of Jerusalem. Elizabeth did, uh, while Mary lived a hundred miles north. In But downhill, I always say that. Uh, I don't think, I don't know. Lord willing, I'll see the promised land, but... It's, he's gonna have to work it out. I'm not gonna uh, work for that. But anyway, um, I'll see it when I get to heaven, and I'm in the great cloud of witnesses. Uh, Lord willing, I don't know. I don't know what. To, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what. Um, my wife's in the great cloud of witnesses, so I figure she's seen Jerusalem now. Anyway, uh, when probably the six months prior to Jesus's baptism, uh, because he was six months old, Luke follows the custom of ancient historians by dating uh, by the names of rulers as a son of a priest John the Baptist son of Zachariah the priest was probably who ministered in the temple I mean, he was not just an average priest he was uh, 30 years old when he came forth so uh, that puts it six months before Jesus and I I think you know you can only work this hard for six months or a six-month revival and uh, he was making a lot of noise and people came to see him, and uh, so now we're going to take a look at what he has to say at the end. This is the climax of his uh, of his ministry here, um, in the wilderness of Judea, beside the Jordan River. I'm going to take a look at Mark chapter one, verse seven and eight. I've already read these to you. Okay, and i probably put them on the podcast so you can look at them there. All right, um, so. Um, All right. uh, So here we go. All right. um, Episode 23 The Forerunners. That would be John the Baptist. Picture of the Messiah before seeing him. You didn't see him until a couple of verses from these verses when he comes down to be baptized. So John the Baptist uh, preached. Just continuing where we left off in episode 22 in Mark. We did verses right before this. Mark chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Mark chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Mark chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. And preached saying, There cometh one mightier than I. He's talking to this great crowd of all the Pharisees and Sadducees and all these people that are there. I mean, I'm sure he'd been baptizing for six months, but it took a while to get a crowd and and they're there. There cometh one mightier than I. After me, the latchet of whose shoes, I am not worthy to stoop down and unloosen. I'm not worthy to untie his shoe. I indeed have baptized you with water. I I told you earlier uh, this summer. I I I did a or back in April somewhere in there. I, I baptized. I did my first baptism. I've done weddings. I've done funerals. But I haven't done, I was a pastor of a very small church and there wasn't a big demand for it. And then I became a teacher for, for many years. And uh, I guess I wasn't a very good pastor. But anyway, um, but I did get to do a baptism. And, and you know, I, I told the kid that wanted me to do that. Now, she, I knew her when she was like six or seven. And uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, that's, that's about how long I had my church. And um, she was just a main, and she wanted to be baptized. I told you this before. And we got, went down to the keys and walked out into the water and baptized her. And, and I said, you know, really, you know, if you're not a believer, all this does is get you wet. But if you are a believer, it's a, an outward sign of an inward condition. It can just be an outward sign of, of nothing because you're not a believer, but it should be, should be baptized after you've trusted Christ. I indeed baptize you with water, which is, I can do that. John the Baptist could do that. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I cannot do that. You can have a part in your own baptism, I guess, by trusting Christ as your Savior. Or doing what John the Baptist said in John chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You could You could do that and start your own baptism of the Holy Ghost. Which happens when you believe. Today it just happens when you believe. Kind of a bigger deal after Christ died at Pentecost Holy Spirit came it was a little transitional period there you know let these people grow a little bit before you give them the Holy Spirit and there was a lot of miracles at the time of the Apostles there were a lot of miracles at the time of Moses and Joshua Elijah followed by Elisha and Jesus followed by the Apostles I really don't believe there's a whole a lot of miracles going on except if you want to count your breath and babies being born and the way your body functions and all this stuff, and the sky and the moon and the stars and all this stuff, um, orbiting on a perfect plane around the sun, almost perfect. If it was perfect, we'd have a solar and lunar eclipse every day, so God worked that out. we we bounce up and down eight degrees. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, some people like science, but i am I guess I'm one of them. All right, so let's take a look at... Well, let me read Mark 1, 7, and 8 again. And preaching, and, and John the Baptist preaching, saying, There come one mightier than I after me, the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloosen. I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I hope you, if you're baptized with the Holy Ghost... And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues or anything. When I trusted Christ my Savior, the guy said say this prayer, I said this prayer, I think it was something like, I I don't remember the prayer. I remember what I said right after the prayer. But I said, I think the prayer was something like, God, the best way I know how I'm trusting Christ as my Savior. But that's like being baptized with water. It doesn't mean anything unless you actually are trusting Christ as your Savior. It sounded like a good deal. It sounded like a free gift. Okay, I can do that. I don't have to make any promises. I can do that. Uh, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever are you kidding me this is open to everybody in the whole world I'm in that's like stupid you know that's like thousands of life rafts being around the Titanic and you go no thanks I'm just going to go down with the ship okay well that's your business but uh, anyway um, Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 and 12 Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 and 12 Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. The forerunner's picture of the Messiah before seeing him. I indeed baptize you with water. Basically saying the same thing again. Unto repentance. Uh, unto, towards repentance. Uh, about repentance. I, again, it's only with water unless you have repented. Repented of what? Your dead works. Hebrews 6, 1. Repent of your dead works and faith towards God. That's what I did. It's a gift, free gift, no, no works at all, I'm in. Praise the Lord, you understand it. Are you tell me it's a free gift with no strings attached? Jack Weaver said, praise the Lord, you understand it. I said, okay, got that. Okay, now what else do I got? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, believeth in him, shall not perish. I'm in. Uh, what do I do? I said that prayer. I told you, I, me- I remember what I said after that prayer. I didn't feel anything. I didn't hear any. F- See any fireworks? I didn't hear any bells. I mean, I, what I thought I was going to be filled with the Holy Ghost or something. And he said, "It's not a feeling. Some days you feel good, some days you feel bad. But if you trust in Christ, your Savior, you're going to heaven when you die." I think the Holy Spirit today works very quietly, but he's convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. His big job is with the lost of sin because they believe not on me. Of judgment because I of of righteousness because. I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. But the lion's share of the work of the Holy Spirit, I think, today is with unbelievers because they believe not on me. His work with me is done. I mean, except he prays for me and words that cannot be uttered and stuff like that. I'm glad I have the Holy Spirit. that's why I'm taken out at the rapture because God's really most importantly removing the Holy Spirit and I am sealed with the Holy Spirit I'll, I'll have the Holy Spirit forever so I can't be here during the tribulation because I would keep God here and not allow Satan to do whatever he wants for seven years as a judgment against Israel but Israel passes with flying colors and will be eternally rewarded for their conduct during the tribulation and other believers Okay. Chapter three verse eleven. And I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Now I can't carry his shoes, I can't untie him, I can't carry him. Uh, he maybe he said that a lot, you know. Matthew heard him one way and, and uh, Mark heard him another way. Anyway, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I definitely can't do that. It happened to me 48 years ago. The only one that can do that for you is you and Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. First John, John 5, 7. The Holy Ghost and with fire. Shekinah glory. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12. Whose fan is is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff which with unquenchable fire. Okay, so I did a little study on the 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 the, the, the flour the making flour. Okay, you grow wheat, you plant some wheat seeds, and they grow, and it's just like grass. They got the little seed pod at the top, and you mow it just like grass, and then you rake it all together, and then you crush it. And what you're doing is you're breaking the seed, the the edible part, the water-filled part, the heaviest part, away from the stalks and the straws and even the chaff. So that's the the, uh, threshing process. And they have machines that do it, and just what comes out is seeds. Okay, but then you've got, what they did back in the day was they would beat it, and stamp on it and break it up on a threshing floor, a big flat surface. And then they would come with a rake, kind of a deal or a wooden pitchfork or something and throw it up in the air. And the wind would blow the chaff because the chaff weighs 1% or probably much less. When I, I teach chaff, I always think of the peanut. I don't know if you've ever had a peanut in the shell, but that brown part that's around the peanut that weighs nothing as opposed to the peanut it's just gonna blow away and nobody's gonna care you're littering this chaff anyway back in the day they would throw it up in the air the wind if they didn't have a wind they would have a a fan they would have people with fans to make a wind to blow the chaff away and and then the the seeds would hit the big flat area the stone area whatever and then they would uh, then then after you've threshed it winnowed it separated the wheat and the chaff then you have then you would grind it or you could just store the grain at that point and grind it when you're ready to make flour and make bread so maybe verse 12 will make a little more sense whose fan in his hand that's the winnowing fan and he hath thoroughly purged his floor, and gathered his wheat into the garner, which is a metaphor for heaven, the, the, the grain silo, if you will, because we, who are the wheat? The believers are the wheat, and the unbelievers are the chaff, in this complex metaphor, which just means metaphor on top of Metaphor whose fanon is in his hand, I don't think that's a metaphor, that's just, uh, I don't know, that's an analogy or something. And he shall thoroughly purge his floor, which is comparing God separating believers from unbelievers to separating wheat from chaff, the good part from the worthless part. And the only thing that's good about the Christian is Christ, but that's why we get to heaven. For God hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, and we might be made the righteousness of God in him he takes away our sins behold the lamb john the baptist is in the very next verse is getting ready to say behold the lamb of god that takes away the sins of the world so we don't get any credit for for our cleanness our our wheatness as opposed to chaffness but he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire the chaff was pretty much useless although the people i i like i told you i studied the the whole process of making flour and they would they would use it to put in pillows or animal bedding or so they they found a use for the whole all the part but they they didn't feed it to their animals i didn't see that cuz it's pretty it the, the chaff is just worthless there's no mm-hmm. nutritional value to it the grain that's where it's at anyway verse 12 one more time well i think it's in the next verse cuz it, it repeats here whose fan is in his hand and will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into his garner Separating wheat and the chaff. The wheat go to heaven. The chaff are burned with unquenchable fire. Sorry. Read Matthew chapter 3 verse 12. And then we have um, the next verse here. Is um, the forerunner's picture of the Messiah before seeing him. So again this is the last verses he says. The last things he says that's recorded. Before he sees Jesus Christ come down to be baptized. I would think the same day verse 15. And as people were in expectation, they, you know, people feel like hey, something's going to happen today. And all men mused in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not. So I mean, this is this is poetically, you know, people are at a fever pitch. They are ready and he comes. And but not until John says this. John answered unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latcheth of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. So Mark, Luke is recording the same thing that, that Matthew did. Whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor, clean it all up, separate the wheat from the chaff, the good part of the... Wheat from all the other parts that are worthless, and except maybe for animal bedding and soaking up spills and stuff, maybe. And the and gather the wheat, the good part, into his garner, into his place, into his heaven. It's absolutely a metaphor for heaven. And the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. It's your choice, my friend. The free gift, no strings attached. God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son that if you would believe in Him, you'd have everlasting life. And many other things in His exhortation preached He unto the people. So, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this went on for a week. I don't know. But all I know is the very next verses have to do with the baptism of Jesus. And that will be episode 24, Lord willing. And I will say adios to God. And I will say vaya con Dios. Go with God.